0: Welcome to the Agree to Disagree Show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. what is up everybody happy evening to everyone welcome to episode four of the agree to disagree podcast where we discuss news politics pop culture with different guests every week and so as i repeat every week guys let's make this interactive we are live on facebook at agree to disagree show that is my facebook page and on youtube at luigi Costanza, or you could look up agree to disagree show as well on YouTube and we'll be live at those and the links as well will be, uh, the recording of it will be available also on my pages. I'll be sharing that, uh, with you. So, um, like I said, let's make it interactive tonight, guys. Um, put your comments, put your questions, anything, anything you want to know, don't be shy. Let's do it. All right. Even if it's just to say, hi, let us know that you're here. So, without further ado, guys, I'm gonna present to you our uh, guest for my guest for this uh, episode four is born and raised actor comedian Andrew Sears. Um, Andrew has been named the top ten best stand up comedian in Montreal for four years straight by the Montreal Mirror. Uh, he's heard on XM Sirius Radio. Just for Laughs Canada was one of the top 10 finalists in the Russell Peters XM Series Best Funny Five competition and the finalist in the Los Angeles KLIQ Comedy Competition and a whole bunch of other things that we're going to get into and we'll, we'll, make, uh, we'll make Andrew uh, uh, explain it. So uh, before we do that, let me play a little clip just to see, just to show you who, who Andrew is.
1: But one time I had to do a show in a small, small place called Constance Bay. Constance Bay is about 20 minutes past Ottawa. But when I went to Constance Bay, I didn't scare the people. I scared the animals. Because as we're driving to the show, I rolled in a car driving to the show. And we turn right to where the show is. And as we turn right onto another road, there are two deers standing in the middle of the road. So my buddy was driving he looks up and he goes, oh, look, there's two deers. And the deer's like. <laughs> yeah. Then my other buddy in the front seat goes, oh, look, there's two deers. And he's like yeah then i poked my head out i was like oh look there's two deers and the deer goes what the hell is that <laughs> <laughs> tells the other deer the other deer goes oh my god that's eddie murphy <laughs> I was pissed. I just drove away going. (laughs) (laughs) Most racist dude in my life. (laughs) And you guys laugh. I came back to my car, found a banana in the tailpipe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that skit from Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, man, that's so good. All right, guys, without further ado, here he is, Andrew Sears.
1: Hey, it's going, on, man? What's up, buddy? For, I,
0: love, I ain't falling for that banana and maté <laughs> I love it so much. First, I, be, before I oh, for sure. Before I start, am I pronouncing your last name correctly, Sears. Uh,
1: Searles.
0: Searls. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I got it. I got it. down pack now. Searles. All right. All right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so before we go into anything, a couple of people saying hi. Antonio Riccardi saying hi. Sonia Busnardo. Chocolat oh, so <laughs> <laughs> we have we have some mutual friends actually um uh, yeah, Sonia's uh we, we went to high school together actually, and mm-hmm. as it turns out that you know my sister and my brother- in- law as well, yeah. right yeah, I do, so yeah. what a small world, so you know what the more I go and I do these shows like yeah hey, I know some 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 famous people man yeah, some and cool lenny.
1: People. I do. I know lenny as well lenny uh, oh, oh oh my gosh why o- o- is so.
0: Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, he, yeah, right. yeah Went to what, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. went to um, went to high school as well with him. So, uh, yeah. Mel Mix or Mej Mej Mix says, Hey, yeah. that's probably one of your followers. So, hey, you're yeah, yeah. coming along, they're coming along. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, everyone was excited. They're all like, You're doing the show, what let me tune in? I was like, Oh, wow, all right, right. Let's yeah, play yeah, play yeah,
0: <laughs> let's let, let's let's show the comments. Hold on, here we go. So, uh, there we go, we got Lenny. There's Lenny hi, Andrew. Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's
0: so cool. So, first of all, Andrew, I want to say thank you so much for being uh, on my show. You know, you know the quality of a person when you just ask them to be on your show. And who am I? I'm a nobody, right? (laughs) Uh, It's only my fourth episode, and no hesitation. He said, Yeah, sure, dude, man. No problem. Be great. So, uh, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, I think this is going to be great. Um, Yeah.
1: And congrats on your fourth this is your port thank call. you thank you yes as I was yeah
0: yeah I, as I was telling you I, I used to do a podcast with as a lot of my followers know with Tony Richo, a fellow yeah. Montreal comedian yeah. and now I, I decided to branch on on my own and uh, change up the the a little bit the the um the format and uh but Discussing what I love, what I love most. So before we get into that, uh, what we're gonna talk about, um, uh, let's talk about a you man. I want to know first of all, how does a Montreal comedian end up in LA? First of all, congratulations. Oh, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us whoever's watching, who are you, what's going on? How did you end up in LA? Go. Uh,
1: first of all, it's good to actually hear an Italian accent again. Uh, I mean, <laughs> There's no, and it's weird because it's like the Montreal stigma with like a times like, "Hey, bro, me," you know. But they come to LA, and all the people are like, "Hey, bro, me." It's like you're all Armenian, and I'm like, yeah. oh, that doesn't make any sense at yeah, all. That's <laughs> not right. That's not right. I don't, I don't get it. Where's what's going on? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I've been doing comedy uh, about seventeen years now, almost going on eighteen. Okay. Um, and I just felt I hit a glass ceiling in terms of uh, what I, how long I've been doing it for, and what I've accomplished. And I felt like the if I continued at this rate, that it wouldn't pay off in the long run. You know, it's like okay. it's kind of like you hit a point where it's just like, yeah, no matter what you do now. It's not gonna matter because yeah. as far as your career is ever gonna get, and I didn't, I felt that in, in especially comedy and a little bit in acting, and I was figuring, you know what? Like, if I really want to make this a career, staying in Montreal isn't gonna, is it gonna we cut did. it. So I figured, you know, this is chance to go to even if I went to Toronto or Vancouver, I would feel like okay, you have the glass ceiling in Montreal, but now you'll just hit it in Toronto, which is a little bit higher. So yeah. It's like okay, cool, but I want something more. So I figured, you know, let me just go straight to the mecca. Let me go straight to L.A. and
0: that's, see what that's happens. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, um, first of all, mad props to you for doing that move. I know it's yeah. not easy. I've said this in previous episodes. One of my favorite comedians is, is Sebastian Maniscalco. And everyone sees oh, yeah. how huge he is today. But yeah. no one knows that he was waiting tables and just took off from Chicago, where he's originally from, ended up in L.A. working at the Four Seasons or at mm-hmm. the Marriott or, uh, as a, as a waiter. And yeah. during his breaks, he would go do, um, a skit at the famous club. Uh, what's it called again? Um, yeah, yeah. The comedy store. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, I, I find it takes a lot of courage to do what you, what, what you did. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. So guys, if, if you don't know, uh, if, Andrew is, is straight from LA. He's live from LA. So yeah. this is my first international. Who <laughs> is out are doing from the
1: yeah. West Island to the West side. <laughs> so,
0: so tell me, how, how does, um, how has it changed? What has it done your, for your career? I mean, forget about COVID pre COVID. What yeah. have you been doing? What, what, you know, I mentioned some festivals that you were doing. Uh Tell us a little bit about, you know, the Chocolat Special um, and some acting gigs that you're, you're doing. Uh, you know, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Uh Well, before I left for LA, I did, uh, I was headlining the Comedy Works and I headlined, uh, I did my own show at Theatre St. Catherine. And uh it was just basically like, I felt like I was ready to headline. So I just rented a theater, put on my own show. And then it got a lot of the tra- uh, a lot of traction where mm-hmm. comedy works and asked for a headline so I headline there in 2015 and 2016 and before taking off to L A. But now that I'm in L A. it's it's a very it's a very different beast out here where I, it basically to summarize L A. is basically unless you're a big name or you're attached to a big name or you have a, a hundred thousand Twitter followers talent what's yeah. that so it's 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 been a lot of like basically when i got here i had to start all over again like literally from the ground that's crazy back up again and in terms of like like when i was starting over it's like i'm starting over with, with people that have been doing it for like a couple months a couple weeks their first show a year and trying to start all over again, getting back into the clubs there and working my way up. And now I'm at the point now where I'm like, okay, like I've done a couple casinos in like Vegas and Arizona and been lucky enough to book this here or there and do that festival. But it's, yeah, it was literally starting all over again. It's, it's starting all over, except it's kind of like being a re it's kind of like being a, uh, being a reborn, a uh, reborn again, except you, you have the knowledge of okay. like, 35, but I'm starting all over again. But I have the knowledge of 35 years, even though I'm two weeks old. That's you know? crazy. So it's it kind of help, but at the same time, it's like you're still stuck in that position.
0: That's crazy. Do you do you do you regret your move?
1: Uh, there were days at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I doing? This is <laughs> what am I nuts? <laughs> but I, the way I saw it was, if if I didn't do it then 20 years from now, I would have said, I should have done what I had yeah. to yeah. you know? do. I've met a lot of people where they were in their 30s, 40s, and they're like, oh, when I was your age, I wanted to become a singer or a dancer or this or that, but I got married. I didn't think I was good enough. I thought it was too hard, and I'm like, I don't want to be that person 15 years from now telling a younger version of me, do it while you can. Yeah. Now I have a house in LaValle, and I could have chased dreams, you know, but <laughs> for me it was like, I'll, I'll, I would rather, I would rather go broke and mm-hmm. bust out and be like, Hey, you know what? I did it. I tried, man. Exactly. Yeah. You know strong. what, what
0: did they say? When, you know, the, the hardest thing to go with is with regrets. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, not on the same level, but almost of me making the decision to start the show again. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of distractors and, 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 you know, loud noise from from people and they'll always try to put you down and always try to say don't do it or whatever yeah. and i said you know what i don't want to live with regrets i really don't exactly. so uh i'm gonna stop it i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna stop it i'm gonna say i'm gonna do it and you know what what's the worst that could happen have some fun
1: exactly yeah right yeah. so and i love could, it doesn't go anywhere you could be like hey i did it at least I yeah
0: did it. yeah and i love that attitude and i love that that uh, that attitude that that you had to yeah. pick up from the security blanket that's here in Montreal, you're already well known, you're established. You pick up and you go to LA, and you're literally a nobody, and you got to start from you know start from the bottom. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive.
1: Oh, it's, it's it's also very disheartening, but <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm no kidding.
1: True, you gotta push through. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, um, where 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 are you now in terms of uh, well? You know, let's say COVID is back. You know, everything is back to normal. And what's the next step for for Andrew? <sighs> <laughs> 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 say that
1: again. Sorry, you got cut up. I really wish I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, is you know, and what, after this whole COVID, and I think LA is going to start picking up again as of this Friday. I think they got the go ahead to kind of resume yeah. thing with. the the restrictions of like being certain feet uh, feet apart. Uh, To me, it's just going out and just auditioning again and uh, uh, auditioning and hopefully when the clubs open up back up again, uh, be in a right position to be noticed by someone who will go, hey, you're talented. You have this. Mm -hmm. Let's do, you know, so that's kind of like the ideal goal uh, once everything kind of picks back up again. But the the funny thing with entertainment is that uh uh relating back to Sebastian's example where yeah, people think, Oh, he's so famous and but they don't realize that it takes twenty years to become an overnight sensation, you know, yeah. or a success. Yeah. So it's a matter of like just going back out there and grinding away and you know, when people are like, Oh, where did you come from? That's so amazing. It's like, Yeah, it mm-hmm. took me eighteen, twenty, twenty five years to exactly. get to where I am. So exactly. you can know you today and not from
0: yesterday but you know and all the work behind it and not not only the years just the work behind it so exactly, yeah exactly. that's awesome that's great I can't wait to see what's next for you so let's let's hold uh, let's go into a little bit of, uh, of comments here um Jeremy jeremy uh, l says four episodes and you already got the good mic <laughs> yeah, yeah I do I do uh, I'm a tech geek hey there's my sister says hello boys Anna Hi. <laughs> uh Jer- jeremy again i guess before when we were talking about the accent a lot he's talking about saint leonard <laughs> of course yeah. you were talking about saint leonard <laughs> uh caroline Checon lovo says hey she must be one of your followers possibly uh-uh. jeremy again chocolat so we got ah. a question yeah so- <laughs> we got a question from Jeremy. Uh where do you start in brainstorming new content, new skits? How do you go about coming up with comedy just like that? Great question.
1: Uh my my comedy is, is really based on my own life experiences. So a lot of stuff I talk about on stage is based on a conversation that happened or a situation that happened. Um so it it does unlike other comics some comics could kind of sit there and go, "Oh, let's think about this. Let's let's explore this idea. For me, it's, I, I can't go on stage if nothing interesting happens to me. Like, like if, if if I've had a boring week, I have nothing to talk about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like COVID, like what's going on during the COVID, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of, uh, just waiting around, uh, either work on material that I've already had, just kind of ironing it out or, um, like I have a, 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 bit now, where uh, it, it kind of it, it it originated from the the Charleston uh, riots that happened two years or three true. years ago, and I guess now in light of of what's been happening in the world, I have yeah. a joke right or I talk about and make fun of white supremacists, yeah. but based on what I've seen and how they act and why they say the certain things they do and mm. why their logic is that, so it's a lot of witnessing the world and also a lot of like. What happens to me? Like, I, I have a joke where I, ha- I talk about getting an endoscopy. Where, uh, <laughs> that's can be too, funny. Like, not, not the other way. Not the other yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a joke based on that, but like, I, I can't, I, I, I have a joke about it because it's something that actually happens, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, sort of, uh, life experiences.
0: That's cool. Lenny Yaozi yeah, says uh, starting over is a good thing, it allows you to redisco- rediscover yourself.
1: Yeah, like yeah. how cool you could get. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. yeah, exactly. Magali yeah. Pagnelli says, Andrew needs a backdrop. And he, she says, Hey, Louie and Andrew. <laughs> Guys, listen, this is low budget. We, we we have no backdrops, okay? It's low budget.
1: My backdrop, let me see if I can rotate it. That's my backdrop. The, <laughs> the yip yip aliens from uh, Sesame Street. Look <laughs> at There you go. My friend Mel. <laughs> For, like I get home and like if, if I have a comedy show, I just put all my notes. I just drop it inside here. For, so yeah, it's amazing.
0: For a second, for a second there, I thought it was Cookie Monster.
1: Yeah, it does have some cookie features. Yeah,
0: it does. <laughs> uh, oh look! Oh Jean- man, yes, Sears, yeah. Hey, my sweet nephew, that is so cute. I love it. I love it.
1: I I missed your curry chicken and rice. That's awesome.
0: Sonia Busnardo says, "Gotta go. Wish you nothing but the best, Andrew. I'm sure you will get your big break. You are awesome." Serge Edouard says, "Hi, ah, yeah.
1: the señor Hey, Sonia.
0: That's awesome. Um, we got a question from Caroline Chacon Lovo. Do you th- do you think it's hard to make jokes about certain things, or should we find comedy in everything?" Yeah, I've talked about this before with uh, with Eric Johnston as well, another comedian.
1: It's I would say it, you you do have to. This is what a lot of comics I see have a hard time—not hard time doing, but this is what they think it is. They think ah, uh, let's see, will you? <laughs> well, one one topical issue is is always should you joke about rape? Oof, yeah. For me, it's. You could joke about it, but you better make sure there is a joke there. Like there better there better be something humorous that you're digging at. Because I find a lot of comics will go on stage and they'll say a joke, but it's not funny. Then they're like, oh, you guys are so PC. It's like, no, yeah. it wasn't funny. Like yeah. there there has to be something humorous at the core of it where even if you even if you're uh uh like uh like just being like, oh, that was it, but you're still kind of laughing, you're like, <laughs> that was dark, but I he, he like
0: Did I laugh or not? Yeah. Cringe worthy, but it's funny, man.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I and I think there's a lot of things that you can joke about, and there's some things that you shouldn't. I don't think there's anything you shouldn't joke about, but there's some things you should sub you should uh use discretion. Yeah. But I think at the end of it there has to be something funny there, whether the, whether the audience is laughing at it or whether they're going like that was you. when you almost crossed that line, but it's funny, but you almost went there. There has to be something humorous. Otherwise yeah. you are being offensive and it's not, yeah. you know, it's it, that. That's where a comic has to decide of like, I have to write this in order. So it's not offensive, but there's still humor or it's, or it's humorously offensive, but comedy yeah. still has to be at the core of it.
0: So, I mean. I, I for whatever reason I have had uh, quite a few um, comedians on the show, and I'm going to have more other ones that have already other uh, comedians that have already said yes. And I'm going to ask you this question: When do you think a comedian could cross the line? You know, and 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 when I say that, I'm 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 bringing to light the discussion with Mike Ward in terms of being uh, now at the Supreme Court of Quebec, apparently, mm-hmm. with what he said about the Jeremy. Is that it? Oh, his I, name. Yeah. Um, so he's sort of like a crusader for you guys. So my my question to you is, how do you feel about that? Is there limits? Is there, at what point does freedom of speech, um, surpass well-being of humanity or, um, how much damage could it do?
1: Uh, I know it's a hard
0: question. Really.
1: It's, I think, I think, again, it comes back to, you could, you can walk that line and you could, Definitely cross it as long as you had. I think I think it's kind of like a war zone where it's kind of like you're you're crossing that the DMZ, you know, like you're crossing that line. But you better make sure that you got comedy in one holster, and you have. If it's not going to be comedic, it better be uh, insightful, you know. Where where people yeah. maybe not laugh, but they go, ah, I get it. I see what yeah. the point trying to do. Because I think I think there's a few times that Chappelle in his in his past couple specials where what he says and the audience uh, claps not at, because it was humorous but he kind of shined a different light yeah. on the subject at hand. Uh, so I think I think as long as a comic is equipped with one of those two things, you could you're, you're going to push it. You know you're going to push that limit, but you better make sure they're in your holster, otherwise. People are gonna come after you, but in terms of, uh, of uh, the Mike Ward situation, it uh, yeah, yeah, it's,
0: it's, I, I know, I know, I know, it's a tough yeah, one. I know, it's I know.
1: It is a very fickle line, but I, I, I support Mike in in, in his uh, on on his stance because when you're a public figure, when you're out there, you're 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 gonna be. Subject to uh, a, comedid, a, com- a comedian yeah. material. And even what he said, like, I'd, I'd have to look back at the case again. But what Mike said wasn't that bad, but I think it's because of it was a kid. And people were like, oh, you should not say that about a kid. But if yeah. it was an like, adult, oh, would have been better. There's a lot of, but.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that. But I think at the end of the day, it, it, it comedians should, you know, when, what where, where does it end? I mean, where does it start? Are we going to start censoring our comedians?
1: Yeah. Exactly. For
0: um, you know, for the longest time, um, you guys are sometimes the voice of reason. <laughs> you really are, yeah. right? Because I find comedians don't take sides. They just they they they. I find that you guys say it as it is, exactly, um, and and not necessarily playing a side. And I think that that's a good transition into yeah. what I wanted to discuss with you and get your um, point of view. So I decided to to. Uh, dedicate the show with, with you and and just in view of what's going on in the world right now. Yeah. Um, and you, yes, of course, being black person, I'd love to get your, <laughs> 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 but you, but, you, but you're black. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to touch with you uh, the whole uh, black lives matter. Yeah. The George Floyd murder. Uh, lynching, if I could actually, I call it a lynching, modern-day lynching, for everyone to see. Unfortunately, um and also how s- some of that relates into what's going on in Quebec, and this, you're gonna love some stuff that I'm pulling out here. You won't even believe this. So, my why I, I honestly asked you to to be on the show is because I saw your video that you did, and I loved the analogy of the restaurant video. And if one person's not eating, um, can, can can you just Tell what exactly you you did this video and why you did it.
1: So the the reason why I I made the video, the video is basically uh, describing and breaking down why people shouldn't say all lives matter and the reason why we do say black lives matter. So I use the analogy, as you were talking about, where if there's five people at a table and then one person, if, if the other four are eating and then one person's not eating and he goes, hey, I'm hungry. And then the four people that are eating go, yeah, we're all hungry. And then they resume eating yeah. I was that as the analogy of like, why this person saying black lives matter. And these four people are saying, but all lives matter is, is that they're disregarding the fact that there's one person at a table whose voice isn't being heard or acknowledged. And it, it stemmed from, uh, just seeing people's posts online where, uh, in light of the George Floyd, uh, uh, incident where uh, he, well he he died at the hands of the officer and then people were saying Black Lives Matter and people were saying yeah but all lives matter. The idea was I got I kind of got tired of it because it was basically trying to silence the people saying Black Lives Matter and I, I noticed that people who say all lives matter they're not really caring for all lives they're yeah. mostly caring for a certain type of life. But not all lives, and I, I just kind of got tired of seeing it. So I use that analogy to kind of break down of, hey, this is the reason why we're singing. We're trying to, uh, we're trying to shine a light at, on this particular subject of uh, yeah. why this, why we're being treated unfairly by the police, and why our voices want to be heard, and why you shouldn't say that because you're silencing that one voice that needs to be, you know, fed in the analogy.
0: So I, I'm gonna I'm just gonna add a little bit of humor here for a second because we know that if that table everyone was eating and they were all Italians there, no one else was gonna eat if one person wasn't eating because they'd get the beating of a lifetime. <laughs> 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 so, oh, yeah, you're, you're What's the <laughs> matter, matter with you? God forbid if that was my father, could you imagine he doesn't have his food yet? No, it's not happening. It's not happening. So uh, and and this is what And I'm so happy you did that video and and why it it came out to me and and it touched me when I saw it is because why does it have to be Mm -hmm. um, Black Lives Matter? No, all lives matter. We're not saying that all lives don't matter. We're saying here that Black Lives Matter because of the situation and the context we're with. Why does it have to be this competition? Yeah. It's, it's not a competition guys. This is not, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether I see it or Andrew says it or anybody else says black lives matter, that they're insinuating that white lives don't, don't matter. That's exactly. not the, that, that's not the point here guys. And that analogy I find was perfect. Exactly. So yeah. listen, I, I know that we're not going to find the solution tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it, it's too deep and it's too complex and it's too deep rooted and long history. yeah. Uh, how do we change? How do we change? And 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 you said it perfectly at the end. How do we make it that we're if we're all hungry, but we all eat together? How do we change? Where do we start? Where does it start? I I, I think this is if I could just answer the question. My I I I've never seen a reaction like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we could say Rodney King, Charleston, but not uh, the scope where it's got until today. Am I wrong at that? How do you? How do you feel about that? Um,
1: I would say this is the first case that, uh, like, I think in terms of like the like the Martin Luther King protests, uh, Malcolm X, and Rodney King. I think those were, in, in a sense of, it, it happened in America and America reacted to it. America heard it and America reacted to it, and then the world heard the world heard it, but they didn't react to it. I think this is the first time where this is on a global scale because of social media, because of yes. so connected and how quickly that video went viral. Um, I, I think because of that, it's the, they're saying it's one of the biggest civil rights protests that, uh, or the it's probably the first biggest uh, on a global scale because it's, we've never really seen anything like that before mm-hmm. where like you have like protests and like, uh, in, with Stockholm I think it was in Germany uh, yeah. and yeah. like and people are painting murals. I saw, a friend of mine told me that they paint, they painted the George Floyd mural in like Syria apparently or somewhere in wow. there and yeah, I'm like amazing. this is and this is not like oh hey should we do something? It's no we're doing it like we're, this is what we don't, we're not waiting for around anymore for somebody's permissions. We're just going to do it and I was surprised to see how pro, proactive like other a lot of European countries were where it's no longer a lot of people think it, it's a weird it's a weird how some people think this is an american problem it's like it's not an american problem this is racism is a global we'll we'll get into that we'll get into that we'll get into that <laughs> yeah trust me so i i think yeah i think it's just that people around the world are just going that that's the straw that's the straw that's going to break the camel's back and it's great to see that everyone around the world of of different uh cultures and nationalities and, and, geographical areas all have all come together to go. This is it. We're, we're done now.
0: I, th- I think the optics of it was what led it to this point. Um, watching a man literally be murdered slowly and methodically, yeah. uh, where they had numerous uh, times, uh, to, I'm trying to say this calmly because I run, right I want to flip this table and it still gets me sick to my stomach. It really does. Yeah. Um, where you know they took their time and they had so many opportunities just to get that knee off him. Yeah. Um so I think that 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 I really I think that touched the cord and, and that was the tipping point I think that yeah. brought it to where the movement is today. So yeah. you know in I came across a, a great quote and I, I want to know what you think about it. And I'm gonna tell you what I think about it. And it it sort of goes with you know um you, before you mentioned the, the great Dr. Martin Luther King Where he said, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. But I came across this other one, uh, another actor that I completely adore and love is Morgan Freeman. And he has a little bit of a different um, take on it where he says, how do we stop racism? When he was asked, he says, stop talking about it. I'm going to stop calling you white man. And I'm going to ask you to stop calling me a black man.
1: Yeah.
0: I can't say I disagree with him. Why does it have to be this black and white, Andrew? I find that that just brings it to where the point where we are today, but I understand that the history is there, right? From, from the days from Jim Crow to slavery to the civil war. And I understand that the history is there, but at one point, could we say, you know what? I'm not white, Andrew, you're not black. We're just, we're brothers. We're here on the planet together, man.
1: Uh, but it's he maybe he, I'm
0: too idealistic. I don't know. I don't know.
1: He's not wrong. I think we'll get there, and hopefully, like these protests are going to be the the the, the building blocks that will actually help us get there. But uh, people, it, it, it's the problem is it's it's part of society now where the the lady in Central Park. Where you know, like the guy was birdwatching. She goes, I'm gonna call. Oh, there's an African. I'm, I'm like, you, you knew what you were saying. Like you weren't, you weren't describing someone. You knew by playing his race against him that they would get the cops there faster. But yeah, I mean, the media does play a huge factor in terms of like when they describe people and whatnot. I think we'll get there, but it it's kind of like it, it's kind of like a how would you say it? It's like you have to get rid of the old guard, you know, like how yeah. in terms of um I, I actually I watch John Oliver a lot. I find yep. him the best late night Love guy of all time. Yep. And uh he was talking about how there is a police department because of the plate the, the entire police system is based on uh, systematic racism and for years now it's always been based on okay, uh um, go after this type of uh, ethnicity, go type of that, you know, why are black people four times or t- six times more likely to be stopped by a cop? And-
0: Disproportionately have to explain themselves for taking a drive in a white neighborhood. Exactly.
1: So it, it, everything is based on that, you know, on that old system, basically. And I feel like the, the only way to kind of turn that over, at least the beginning blocks of it, it's to kind of get rid of the old guard and and make something new. And one of the things he brought up, he talked about was there's a police department. I think it was in, uh, New Jersey or Connecticut. I can't remember. Somewhere on the East coast. And they basically, they, this town basically fired the entire police force and rehired them where even if you were qualified, you had to go through, uh, the whole training all over again. And you had to go through, um, uh, weapons, uh, weapons training all over again. Yeah. Where, and I think they said they did it to everyone. And now there's like a huge drop in crime. There's a huge drop in not not in crime, but there's a huge drop in like the systemic racism that happens in in the police community. They're like people aren't being profiled anymore as much. Uh, it's not, people think if it's not a hundred percent cured that it's not worth going after. But I'm like, yeah, if it stops it by ten twenty percent, then it's worth it. You
0: know? that's a good ten twenty percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's what a lot of police departments are going to have to start doing if they want to get rid of this, where, you know, if, if it's possible, I would say take the NYP, for example, and portion by portion, just go, okay, you guys are all fired. And now, but if you want to continue working, then go through the whole training process where we're going to psychologically retrain you again, weapons train you again, where, if something happens, the first thing you're not reaching for is a weapon. Now it's okay. Let's try and defuse the situation. Use your stun gun. So does not work? Okay. Now use your weapon. Now, where, yeah. you know, I, I think it's it's all part of this police system. I think in order to get rid of it, you gotta let it go and rebuild it over again. But I,
0: time, you know. That that's a great analogy. I didn't know about that, but I, I did uh, about that uh, New Jersey town or that uh, redid the entire police force. I came up uh, across another good story is that today's police force. It's not just about it's serving and protecting, meaning that there should be cops that are specialists in dealing with, uh, aggressive situations. There should be cops that are specialists in dealing with mental health issues that it's not normal. And we've seen it just recently that a mentally unstable, unstable person or man on a wheelchair, ends up being shot and killed by the police that does not make sense so they're saying that they need to be completely reeducated and that the cops and police force should have specialties to deal with different situations um battery issues um domestic violence mental illness um violent violent crimes which makes sense to me you know and and maybe that will diminish in, in itself and that i think will will I won't say eliminate racism, but you know, let's guys, how hard is it? Why are we stopping disproportionately? Um, 80% of the time, black male driving a car. Yeah. There's something wrong here. There's something wrong. Okay.
1: It's like, well,
0: yeah, right. (laughs) So I know that these things, these issues, are not, um, are not solved overnight. And, and before I promised you, you know we're going to talk about here at home. And when I say at home here in Quebec, where our, our, our premier Francois Legault, a couple of days ago says Quebecers, were are not racist. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Now, a couple of days later. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: the rest of Canada just be like, yeah. So, so, so,
0: yeah, so yeah, so here, here is the problem, right? We're <laughs> not racist. Yeah. You're not racist. What you're saying that you're not racist black against black people. What about the yeah. Anglophone community? So yeah. here we go. Okay. And, and I always love using this term pure Len. Okay. So he freaked out. Okay. Cause yeah. now he's promised to do something because he's promised swift action to boost the dismal level of minority representation in the government and in government agencies. Uh, commenting on a Quebec human rights commission report stating too little progress has been made in increasing the representation of Aboriginal people, visible minorities, ethnic minorities, and disabled persons. Legault said he wants to correct the situation before the end of his mandate in 2022. Okay. I now recognize there's a problem two days ago. You didn't recognize it was a problem. You need right. a report to tell you that. Yeah. So here it is. This is now, this is, this is gonna, this is the reason why he probably had a heart attack when he saw this. Okay. Tuesday the report produced by la commission des droits de la personne et des droits de la jeunesse reveals some shocking numbers for example of the 7500 people working for the SAQ okay only 122 1.6% let me repeat that 122 1.6% are from a visible minority community let me go on <laughs> among well, the, this is even this is yeah. even better among the 19,000 people employed by Hydro Quebec, my other good friends at Hydro Quebec, there are only 706 from visible minorities. That's double what it was in 2013, but the Crown corporation would need to hire 1200, excuse me, 1271 more to reach its target of 10%. Yeah. And last but not least, the Surite du Québec <laughs> went from 26 to 42. Visible minority officers. This is fucking mind boggling out of a total payroll of 5,500 people.
1: Yeah. Everybody (laughs) else knew the answer. I don't know why Lego didn't know.
0: (laughs) So there, there's the problem. You said it before, right? You said it. You said it. It's not about saying black lives matter, uh, matter and white lives matter. All lives matter. no, you, by saying that there is no racism in Quebec, you're contr- you're contributing it directly yeah. to the problem. Yeah. You're directly. closing your eyes. Yeah. And here, now we got it on paper. It's literally in your face, okay? In your face. And now, all of a sudden, huh, I recognize there's a problem. I got to fix our ways. Yeah. So, yeah. you know what? I'm going to applaud him to a certain extent. But yeah. I've been saying this for how long? How white and pure laine Quebecois are yeah. the Crown Corporation employees? Yeah. Don't fucking tell me there's no racism in Quebec. Whether yeah. it's systematic or not, whether it's planned or not, it is planned because the numbers are there.
1: Of course. Okay. Under so many, uh, what is it? Uh, what was it a couple years ago that the gentleman who was pulled over in the South Shore because he had a French name, but he was black, and the name didn't match up with, with what he looked like, and the police harassed them. So it's like, really? Like, if you're going to say this? Like, you know, but the problem is some people, they can't. You don't know where to start. <laughs> even my brain is just like, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It, it's it's basically like the, the current meme online where, you know, it, it's basically the people who say that are the people that go, it's. I'm not racist. I have a black friend. It's like, yeah, yes. you don't have one.
0: <laughs> is, is it enough for the ratios? Is it enough? I have one black
1: friend. You know, but for them, it's just like, yeah, of course I'm. Not, I have a lot of multiracial friends. This is you know, you can't. <laughs> it, yeah, I think it just goes to show that like Quebec is is. I'll I'll give it up to Trudeau to be like, yeah, of course you have a racial problem in Canada. Like, you know, like he recognized it, but you know, uh, some people are saying it's it's always between Alberta and Quebec to be like, <laughs> who's more racist? It's gonna be me. That's <laughs> be not. Be me. <laughs> I'm
0: gonna one up you. We yeah. hate everybody now. We hate everybody, not just yeah. you yeah. And
1: uh yeah, I think I think some people just can't see past the bridge of their own nose where, you know, until they actually Get a report like that for them to realize, oh, (laughs) we are, we are racist, we have got a problem. (laughs) Houston, we have a problem. (laughs) But, oh man, like to me, when I read that report, I like when not the report, when I saw the uh, the ghost statement, I was like, this guy could not be like really dude <laughs> like, you like do you
0: uh, do you hear yourself yeah you like, know do you hear yourself um and, and on that yeah
1: well I mean, you know the funny thing is that like if you didn't realize I'm like you don't realize you have a, a race or like a prop, a racist problem in Quebec I'm like didn't you guys blame the last two referendums on ethnic <laughs> people and Anglophones and you know
0: <laughs> Andrew Andrew so sois <laughs> On a perdu à cause de. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot what he said. On a perdu à cause de la vote ethnique et l'argent. Is that what he said? La vote ethnique et l'argent. Is that what he said? I don't remember. I got
1: got (laughs) it. I'm sure some the rest the rest of Quebec was like who Toronto?
0: <laughs> so, so here's some comments about this. Uh, Magalie said, uh, starts at school and, and at home at a young age. Yes, yes it does. Absolutely. absolutely. Um,
1: um, racism is taught. It's not learning.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with it. You know, um, I, I have a great example, right? Um, we, we, I was just talking to, to, um, we were in, in a discussion in family, and someone said, Oh, is that your you know your black friend or something to my at the time I think was a eight or nine-year-old uh son? Yeah, and he says, Why do you have to say black? Who cares what color they are? Yeah, and I just like, Oh man, I did such a good job with this kid. <laughs> you know, I'm like <laughs> so beautiful. You oh, actually, no, let me take that back. Hold on, not me. My wife did, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta give her props on this. Okay, honey, if you're watching, I gotta give you props for this. <laughs> Um, uh, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's exactly, they're not, you're not born racist. You're, 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 you're taught to hate. And I, and it's, yeah. it's totally, totally true. Um, Lenny says ignorance, uh, also plays a huge role. Absolutely. Lenny, yeah. absolutely. Unfortunately. And that's, you know, I'm happy Lenny said that, um, because what I've, what i am finding now, a lot of, um, I'm a big hockey fan. So a lot of hockey players or, uh, just myself or other people, um, saying you know what what could we do to help and a lot of the black community says just just talk to us man just ask Mm -hmm. us questions maybe educate yourself don't be ignorant maybe open your eyes yeah you know and it yeah if if this movement has at least allowed that to happen well then it's a success just in itself
1: exactly
0: you know where people are asking you know how is it andrew what was it you know how was it growing up black in montreal or or you know, I, I mean, I have the, I have the, I have the luck of, of having a black brother-in-law. So, you know, I, I talk to him a lot, and 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 you know, whatever he's gone through in his life. So, but not a lot of people will have that because you know, we joked about it before. Maybe they might not have a black friend or a black, um, a colleague or whatever it may, it may be. Yeah, um, you were gonna say something. I, I just kinda-
1: oh yeah, I, I was the only thing I was gonna mention was I feel like there's a, there's a similarity and there's a also a major difference between a person who's like like uh, ignorance and also racism or, or racist sorry because I feel like a lot of people they may not be racist they just don't know any better because they've never been exposed
0: yeah.
1: to uh, a culture they just they grow up knowing about stereotypes but they've never been experienced to Another culture, and then when they are ex- ex- exposed to another culture, they go, "Oh, we're we're not that different. We're we're, yeah. very different. we're similar in a lot of aspects." I think, I, and racist just means you were exposed. You're just a friggin' idiot because you should know better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I remember I did a show a couple years ago. I um, I think it was who was I with? I feel like it was a. I think it was a. I might have been. I was so frank with Franco today. It was, a, it was a fellow comic in, in Montreal. Yeah,
0: that that night I saw you. Franco was the the host. This was many years ago, and yeah. you were you were headlining that night. This
1: is oh, many, okay. many years ago, yeah. So but yeah, anyway. way back, and and we did a show. I don't know where it was. It might have been Rodden. It was somewhere north of, of of Montreal. So we did this show. It was like a small community center. <laughs> yeah, I it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I think one of the organizers. She's like, hey, there's a bar around the corner. Let's all go and have like a like a celebratory drink and just all hang out. And I um, can't remember who the, what her name was. I think she was kind of cute because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. We'll go right. <laughs> I'm there. I'm there. Oh, like, of course I'll come. Of course. <laughs> so we went to this bar afterwards, and and uh, she like I walk in a friend, Franco was behind us because he was about. I think he got in his car. He's driving up behind us. And so me and the girl walk into the bar, and then she goes to one of the guys at the bar, and she goes, hey, this is Andrew. He's one of the comedians, um, and he's just in town. Like, well, yeah, he's one of the comedians. You just all hang out for a drink. And I, I see the gentleman, and I put my hand up to shake his head, and he just kind of, like, stared at me. And I was like, oh, I know what this is. This is a racist moment. I've heard about these things. <laughs>
0: Are you serious?
1: I think it's because I, I was coming off a high from a show. It didn't – like it, it hit me, but it didn't affect me. I was kind of like, oh, I got this. I know what's happening here. So um, I was like, oh, okay. So I put my hand back, and then I started talking to the other lady who was at the show. And as me and, the, as me and her were talking, the guy, is he's still in his chair, just leaned back staring at me. And I'm like, I could feel it. Like, I, I, like this guy's up to something. And he, at one point he gets up and he goes outside for a smoke. And I think, I think the girl who was managing the show brought him outside for a smoke and they spoke outside and then they came back afterwards and he sat back down. And then he, I think he either spoke to me or he spoke through the girl to me. And he basically said that like, he said, oh, I'm so sorry, but we just don't, I don't remember what the exact terminology was because I'm kind of, kind of remember the, remember but he's basically saying either we don't get many colored people here or we don't get many black people here. So, so you are
0: like, you're sure didn't come out? Hey, we don't get your can around here,
1: sir. That one, that one I would have picked. So because of that, I was like, well, looking at the town, I was like, yeah, there's a reason why a lot of brothers don't come through here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, but by the way, was it Huntington? Mel Mix says Huntington. Ah uh, no,
1: it wasn't there. I no. Okay, this was I. I kind of remember it was North. That's what I remember. Okay, and maybe like a ski area or a ski town area. I can't remember, but okay. I can't remember. What it was, but basically, uh, I was kind of like, okay, even if there aren't many minorities that pass through that town, you must have saw one, one <laughs> either. 30, 40 years have been on this trip. You have a TV, you probably flipped through CBC and saw a fresh prince at some point. You mean you've never seen one on TV or in person? Like, but I but I, what I feel like got people like him, it's hard to see the difference between ignorance and racism. Yeah. It's easy to group them as one, but I feel like if he was just exposed to it more, then he wouldn't have that mentality. Then it would just yeah. be like, oh. I'm an idiot for thinking like that. I'm so sorry. It's because uh, we're not, you know, if it was kind of like that, then would be like, oh, okay, fine. Like, I'll let it slide. But, you know,
0: you know, sometimes, you know, they say ignorance is bliss, but sometimes I just, I have so much difficulty, um, even if you're not exposed to something to, to, to even believe that someone could just react that way. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, Lenny says you can't hate someone you know nothing about.
1: That's, that's, there's a lot of people that you, – you know what? I wouldn't say they you know nothing about them. I would I, I would say – it is true, Lenny. It is true what you're saying. But I feel like a lot of people hate other people based on – again, it comes back to you grow up on their stereotypes and you're not yeah. – because, I mean, like, there's a lot of people uh, – what's his name? I uh, can't remember his name. Uh, the, the, uh, the black officer who he infiltrated the KKK – and he managed to get like 200 KKK members off and he managed to like, you know, you got them to hang mm-hmm. up the robes. So I feel like the people hate other people, but they don't know why they hate them. They just know. It's like kids, you know, like when what? a kid is taught to be a racist, they just know from their parents. But they don't know themselves because they're just like, oh, I just know I'm supposed I to. I just, yeah. Him. Yeah.
0: So, so this is, it's funny you say that because you don't see the comments, but look at this one. Aileen Taylor says, babies are born with only two fears, the fear of falling and loud noise. No one is born hating. It's passed from generations to generations. And I, and I've said this before, and that's a great, thank you. Aileen. uh, I've said this before that to, to eradicate or get rid of racism and hatred is not something that's going to be done in one, two, three, four generations. Uh, or 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 a given period of time because a lot of these people have been have been taught to hate. So yeah. just imagine your grandfather to your to your father and then to you and and or it could go up to the grandfather. And how do you break that's that's that cycle? Someone yeah. down that line. Someone has to say, "Hey, man, this freaking cycle is sick. Yeah, Some, something's got to change, right?"
1: And a lot so- of it is broken by exposure because. I knew I, I knew a few people who their parents and their grandparents were racist, but when they went to school and they were exposed to uh, different my, my, uh, different ethnicities, then they realized, oh, I, I don't hate you at all. Like I'm taught to hate you, but you're cool as hell. So
0: yeah,
1: and, and uh, so lucky enough, that cycle is broken. But uh, there's uh, I read a story online where this I think it was turned into a movie, but uh. Or the the premise of it was turned into a movie where this mm-hmm. older this older white guy was living in an apartment and an Arab family moved in next door and of course the mother was there and she has her babies and of course this guy is like oh, Arabs terrorists blah 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 of course mm-hmm. but then I think one day he saw that she was she had her babies and he was just like why do I hate this baby like this baby doesn't doing anything to me it's so yeah. why. And apparently, this guy and the kids are like, like that. Like they're tight now because when when you when you get brought up on a belief, and then something suddenly crashes your belief, you feel weak, embarrassed. Then you're just like, not like, Why would I hate this person all this time? They didn't do anything to me. Absolutely. I, you know, and I think it's a lot of it is just exposure. That's why a lot of these clients have been hang up their robes. That's why you know old old racist dudes end up becoming good friends of like the, 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 either their neighbor or their, their granddaughter who marries, who's black. Cause it's just like, oh shit. Like, well, it, it's, why do I hate this person?
0: It, it's absolutely true because I look at it on my, my life and. You know, growing up at St. Leonard yeah. 99% of my friends are Italian. Yeah. Um, my first black friend was in CGEP, yeah Okay. The first time I brought home a black friend, I'll never forget my mom's face. But as soon as he loved my mom in my mom's cooking, she didn't care what, what color his skin was, right? <laughs> 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 but that's another story, right? But you know what, I was then only when I got, went to see did I, did I Jeff that I realized that how in a cocoon I lived that I saw nothing. I got you know my, my first black friend, my first Chinese friends, um, uh, Middle Eastern friends. Um, anything, just, just all types of cultures, Irish, uh, whatever. I mean, I had none of that. We had none of that in high school. So I could see how we, we didn't hate. There was, I think we had one, one black kid, <laughs> one or two black kids in our high school. I think that's it. So, um, you know, it's it just, it was, we were the product of our environment. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, And then as I get older, I realize and I just wish more people could realize this at a younger age. Just ask questions, guys. Yeah. Be curious. Just ask. You know what? You're not better than anybody else. Yeah. You're not better any because of the, the their religion, because of the color of their skin, because of their beliefs. You're not. Because you realize at the end of the day in the core, we're all the same. Exactly. We, we really are.
1: We're better than flat earthers.
0: I'm sorry, say it again.
1: <laughs> I said we're we're all better than flat earthers. People believe really <laughs> <laughs> those
0: are that. We're not. We're not. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna get into that. Seriously, we're not gonna get to that. Listen, I, I you know, like uh, at the beginning of the show, I said, um, we're not. We're not gonna find a solution to this. But you know what? If we could just make one person open their eyes, yeah. um and ask questions, and l- be more of a human, yeah. uh, and like Morgan Freeman says, just don't look at the color, man, uh, it, because it really. What what is color? Uh, I saw this great clip of of a woman. Uh, she's a specialist in. Um, I completely forgot, but she says, you know, what, it, it's it's a pigmentation in skin. That's all it is, really. Does that change the content of your of your of your character? Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, that that's what my hope was was tonight to have this discussion. And Eileen um, Taylor says, we also need to remember, love cannot exist without hate. A light will never shine if there's no darkness. So unfortunately, racism will never go away because human beings are filled with flaws, but we can pray for equal rights and justice and teach our children to do better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, thanks again. You're totally right. Uh, totally right.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, hey,
1: you know what? Like we have come a long way in the last 50 years. And I think, I think our evolution is kind of like technology where in terms of like, it's just going to keep getting faster and faster and faster. So I think, yeah, racism will definitely never go away, but will I think in a couple decades or even a century from now, racism will event like th- like I was talking about before. Like the old garbage has gone out, and then there'll be a new type of mentality where you know if you are racist, it's it's looked down in society, or it's like yeah. like you don't that that's an old that's that's an old mentality.
0: Right? Yeah, that's a great second,
1: point. Second century, we don't have those types of. Uh, that that it's an archaic mentality you
0: know so i, th- I think we're 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 st- we're slowly starting to get there I mean, you know all just right. looking what the you know what the fuck's wrong with you what do you mean you're racist or whatever what did you just say i think that that's it's already starting
1: exactly I,
0: cool, um, yeah. savannah k says uh, so glad you're all doing this thank you so much uh <laughs> thanks so much for your kind words so on that note i want to say thank you to everyone um that's watched the show um, the a copy, the recording will be available. I'll share, share that on uh, social media. I'll also sh- uh, share it with Andrew, he could share it with uh, with his followers. Andrew, tell me where people could find you.
1: Uh, in Hollywood,
0: yeah.
1: just, <laughs> <know>. there's nothing.
0: <laughs> How about where, right now? Where could they find you online?
1: Walking around, if you, if you recognize the guys, that's me. Uh, you can find me online. <laughs> Like, is, that, is that Andrew? That's
0: <laughs> Those are his eyes. I saw him on the show. That's him. That's
1: him. He takes a 205 home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me online, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, Instagram is Andrew underscore Searles, Facebook, yeah. facebook.com slash Andrew Searles. YouTube slash Andrew Searles, andrewsearles.com. Twitter.com slash Andrew Searles. I'm all on there. And I post videos funny clips uh comedy sketches some once in a while I will post a set list that I that, that um, I did a couple years ago I'll post online and hopefully if we ever get out of this apocalypse uh, <laughs> I'll post some shows of where I'll be next but for now it's uh we're still locked out so <laughs>
0: that's that's awesome uh Lenny says thanks guys great job Louie. Um, Jeremy says yeah. Twitter, LinkedIn, GeoCities, Yahoo, AOL. <laughs> uh, I, Andrea Ropaleski says, love you, Andrew. Yeah. Really s- Sweet. You have a nice following. I'm I, this is really nice. Girl, so the guys, you. thank you so much for, for being on Andrew, honestly, from the bottom of my heart, um, I know I, I plan on coming. I always wanted to see LA. Yeah. And uh, I promise to to look you up when I do. I mean, uh, no, man. I will. I will. Me. <laughs> I will. for sure. For sure. Uh, I wish you nothing but success. Honestly, thank you so much for doing this. It was it was great. Uh, it was enlightening. Also, it was uh, it was a nice conversation to have. Um, so right. I, I I really appreciate it. Uh, one last thing, Lorenzo says, wishing you lots of success, Andrew.
1: Thanks, Lorenzo. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> really nice uh mel mix says montreal love so oh. sending love from montreal so once again andrew thank you so much uh wishing you all the best we're gonna sign off now and um uh, you could stay just uh, stay on and we'll we'll chit chat right after thanks so much everyone guys see you next week you. uh uh check me out it just cut off there it just cut off there sorry so uh, check me out on on. Uh, I will be sharing the podcast and also uh, talking about next week's guest thank you so much guys it's been a blast have a great evening take care of yourself
1: thanks for listening
0: to the Agree to Disagree show make sure you like, subscribe and tell all your friends about it until next time